Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the children of God. <clears throat> I want to speak to peacemakers this morning. I want to speak on peace this morning, amen? So I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to talk about this word peace and being a peacemaker. Peace goes beyond being happy, amen? Some of us have had things happen in our lives that bring momentary joy, right? We get excited when we get the promotion. We get excited when we get the little bit of extra money. We get excited over things, and it brings a sense of joy for a moment. Peace goes beyond a moment. It is, it is being grounded and, and not allowing things to disturb that, amen? And so the first thing that I want to I speak to you this morning is that peacemakers, first and foremost, have peace, and, and, and this morning when I asked you to raise your hand, if you didn't have peace, many of you in the room raised your hand because you're not currently in a state or in a position of peace. Maybe you're worried about a, a job situation, a, a relationship. Uh, maybe you're worried about a family member. I don't know what it is, but you are currently not in a good position to say, you know what? I have peace. Amen. Some of you can relate to that. And so this morning, I hope that we can lay the foundation well enough so that the enemy can't attack that anymore. Amen? So Ephesians chapter 2, I might read a couple of different verses than I gave Oscar. I told Josh that I would throw verse 10 in. But if you've never read Ephesians chapter 2, I want you to read it because it is amazing. It talks about the grace. It talks about salvation. It talks about our foundation. Amen? It talks about forgiveness. It talks about what Jesus came to do on that cross. And it was establishing that through Jesus, through our confession of faith in him, we are forgiven, right? Our debt has been paid. And that we can now approach God, right, in a personal way. Amen? No longer will our sin, no longer will our mistakes, no longer will our, our addictions, no longer will our situations keep us from God because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Amen? And so I want to read verse 8. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. You cannot take credit for your salvation. It is only because of God. It is only because you have a good father who wanted to come and bring peace into your life. Amen? And so you can't take credit for salvation. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Listen, God is not up there saying, check. You, get, you went to church, check. You gave, check. You gave uh, a homeless person money, check. You're doing all these good things to earn your salvation, to earn your place in heaven. That's not what God is doing. It was a gift given to you by God, and it was a finished product. Amen? You don't have to add to that. Okay? And so we see that salvation is not a reward for good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I should have had Robert Alsop read that. You are God's masterpiece created to do something. Amen? I need you guys to understand one thing right now. All of you in this room, if you've accepted Christ into your heart, and even if you have not accepted him, today is the day of salvation. There is a plan and a purpose for your life. 
There's a reason why you are here. There is a reason that you woke up. There is a reason that you are walking, breathing. There is a reason that you are here this morning. God needs you to know that this morning. God needs you to know that through Jesus, you are a masterpiece. God is taking all of your, your life's problems. I was thinking about this the other day. I heard the word uh, mosaic. Do you guys know what a mosaic is? Anybody know what a mosaic is, right? Uh, it, is, it, is, it is a masterpiece that is created from different pieces that have been what? Broken. Different pieces of glass that have been broken. But God puts these things together or the artist puts these things together to make a wonderful masterpiece. And some of you in this room, you can testify to say, man, I've been broken. Life has broken to me. If you can testify to that, I want you to lift your hand right now and say yes. But I want you to understand that every piece of your life that has been broken, when you put it in God's hands, he can create a masterpiece. He can take the broken marriage, he can take the broken relationship, he can take the broken uh, checkbook, amen, and he can create a masterpiece through it if we will allow him to do so. And so I look at back at my life and I see all these things that have happened that have broken me, but I also see God at work using them to form a wonderful masterpiece, amen? And he's not done yet, but you need to understand that you have a purpose in this life. All of the brokenness was for a reason, amen? There's a reason behind your brokenness. There's a reason behind everything that's happened in your life. There's a reason you were born into the family you were born in. There was a reason that your mom or your dad left. There was a reason why the, all of the things that have happened in your life, there's a reason behind it. And if we can give it to God, God can take those broken things and he can create a masterpiece so that he can get glory from it all. But we have to submit, we have to surrender, we have to say, God, I can't do this, right? And so God says, you are a masterpiece. And he lays a foundation of forgiveness, and he lays a foundation of salvation. And then he goes on in verse 11, and he says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. How many of you remember before you were saved? Some of you, you partied too hard and you don't remember, like, Pastor, I don't even remember. I've been there. Like, I don't remember that time, right? Have you ever had somebody come up to you and tell you something, and you were like, I did that? Yes, you did that. Okay? But it says, don't forget that you Gentiles, right? We're Gentiles. Used to be outsiders. You weren't always saved. You weren't always redeemed. You weren't always a part of God's family. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circum, uh, circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. Verse 12 says, in those days you were living apart from Christ, you were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promise God made to them. We were outside of the promise. We were outside of the covering. We were outside of the protection of God. Right? Oh, my phone just did something weird. Sorry. But now you have been, I'm going to verse 13. It says, you lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace 
to us. Everybody say peace. Peacemakers have peace. For Christ Jesus himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. Amen. Some of you need to shout for that. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility toward each other was put to what? Death. He brought this good news of peace to you, Gentiles, who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near him. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, that you have brought peace into our hearts and peace into our lives, Lord God. Let us leave here knowing, God, that our peace is only from you. It's not from our jobs, it's not from relationships, it's not from momentary times of joy, it's only through you and what you did on the cross in Jesus' name, amen. The past few months have been very difficult in my family's life and we have felt a very large attack on our peace of our household, amen? Anybody can relate? These past few months have just been one battle after another, one struggle after another, and it's just been a battle that's been happening. And as I was preparing and I was reading this and I was thinking about what it was to have peace, I had to understand that my peace is tied to my destiny. It's tied to my purpose. Do you understand? Because what we just read here in Ephesians lays the foundation of salvation. It lays the foundation of forgiveness and grace. Uh, it was so funny because, Howard, I need you to stand up for me, and I need you to show everybody what your church says. Amen? Uh, I love this. Uh, if you can't see very well, now turn around, let them see it. It says this, and I was laughing so hard. It says, God's F word. <laughs> forgiveness. God's F word. Forgiveness, right? So the next time somebody... Cut you off on the road, you need to yell out, forgiveness! <laughs> the next time your wife is tripping, you need to yell out, forgiveness! Instead of the other F word. God's F word is forgiveness. Now the reason I say that is because forgiveness is a foundation. Forgiveness only comes from the cross. And I came to understand and realize as I've matured and grown, the enemy cannot attack my forgiveness. He can't take that from me. He can't take away my forgiveness. And some of you in this room need to know that. If you want peace, you've got to understand the enemy can't take your forgiveness. You can't take your forgiveness. When you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are forgiven. No matter what's happened, no matter what you've done, no matter how far you have fallen, the enemy cannot take your forgiveness. Some of you this morning, listen, you may have been out last night. You are forgiven. The enemy can't attack that. The enemy can't attack your salvation. Everything that Jesus did on this cross was secured and done. So when the enemy wants to come after you, he has to attack your peace. He has to attack your peace. 
And the reason why he has to attack your peace is because we allow him to. Do you understand that? So the enemy says, listen, I can't take their forgiveness. I can't take their salvation. I can't take their redemption, but I can take their peace. So let's see what they do when this happens. Right? Let's see what they do when a little bit of trouble happens. Let's see what they do when some circumstances hit. Let's see what they do when there's no money in the bank. Let's see what they do when their marriage is on the rocks. Let's see what they do when their kids are tripping. Let's see what they do. And so the enemy comes and he has to attack your peace. And the way that he does that is through situations and circumstance, right? Because the enemy wants you to get distracted from your purpose and now focus on your circumstance. And he does that so well. When you get the phone call, what happens? You're shaken. Not your forgiveness, not your salvation, your peace, right? And you begin to question God, why, and God, what, and where, and what's happening, right? And so the enemy, when he attacks, he can't attack what Jesus did on that cross. But he can attack your peace. He can attack your mind, right? You ever been going through something, and all of a sudden you had that thought, man, God must not love you. You ever had that thought? How can God love you? Look what you're going through. Anybody have some weird, crazy thoughts? Just be honest. That brother, man, that dude, I love you, man. That dude said, right here, this morning, oh, God help me. I'm so glad I'm in church right now. You ever had some crazy thoughts? Right? When the enemy comes, he has to come and take your peace. And the first thing he wants to take is your peace of mind. How can God love you, right? And you go through this. How can God love you? and they still died? How can God love you and you're still broke? How can God love you and you're still in the same situation? You're still in the same problem? How can God love you? And so he begins to steal your peace of mind. He begins to steal the peace in your life. When circumstances hit, when problems happen, we get shaken so easily. So how do we fight this? What's the solution? Here's the solution, and we found it in Ephesians chapter 2, is that you were created to be a masterpiece. You were created to do good things. You were created to do good work. There is a plan and there is a purpose behind what's happening. And that if we would allow God, the Bible says that God promises, right, to work all things out for the good. So instead of allowing our peace of mind to be shaken, when that storm comes, when the problems happen, we now view it as an opportunity for God to use it and turn it around in our lives. God's going to use the financial trouble. God's going to use the relationship trouble. God's going to use the job trouble. He's going to use it somehow because he promises and he has shown me that I have a purpose and I have a plan and there is a reason why I am here. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to distract my purpose. Because what happens is when you're so caught up in yourself, right, when you lose your peace, you're only focused on who? You. When the enemy comes and circumstances hit and he begins to steal your peace, the only thing you can think about is you. You're so consumed with you, you're so worried about you, right, that you forget that 
there is a purpose behind your life, and that purpose is tied to everybody around you. And so you're so consumed with you, you're so worried about your problem that you forget about those that are broken and those that are hurting around you. So the first thing that we need to understand is that we have purpose and that every trial, every storm, every difficulty is there to, it can't steal your purpose, but it can distract you. It can distract you. And so the enemy can't steal your salvation, your redemption, your forgiveness, but he can distract you by bringing situations into your life that cause you to not have peace. But if we put right perspective on If we have right focus, we can say, you know what, this problem or this situation, God's going to use it because he promises to use it. And it's all tied and attached to my purpose. There's somewhere that I'm going. There's a reason behind it all. Right? You ever shared your testimony with somebody? Anybody done that before? You share your testimony, you tell them how you grew up, what what you've been through, what you've battled. And a, a lot of the times they can relate to what you've been through. And they can say, man, I've been there. My family was crazy just like yours was. Man, my wife is crazy like that too. See, I'm moving over this side. But when you share your testimony, when you share your story, they can relate to what you've gone through. Because God wants to use what you've been through to show them that God can use that to overcome. The other day I was thinking about all the things that I've gone through in my life. I was thinking about all the pain. I was thinking about all the struggle. I was thinking about all the heart. And listen, God's plan overcame every difficulty. Everything that the devil tried to take, God's plan and his purpose for my life overcame every single one of it. And if you knew that and you understood that, like, man, like there was a purpose, there was a reason behind the rejection, the hurt, the pain, the difficulty, because God had a plan. And God wanted to use you and use your story to show somebody else, hey, man, if God can do it for me, he can do it for you. So the first thing we have to understand is that we as peacemakers have to have peace. We have to understand that the enemy is attacking our peace to keep us distracted from our purpose. And our purpose, do you understand? I shared it on Wednesday. If you don't know what your purpose is, it's to reveal to the world who God is. For years, we've, we've had Christians, there's, I mean, millions of dollars of books that have been sold on the purpose of life, right? If you don't know what your purpose is, it's to reveal to the world who Jesus is. It's to show your co-workers who Jesus is. It's to show your neighbors who Jesus is. It's to show your family who Jesus is. You shouldn't leave here and, well, what's my purpose? It's to show the world who Jesus is. You have a purpose. But the enemy comes and he tries to steal your peace so that you get distracted from that. But if we understood that that's what the, that's what the enemy's doing, my wife has a saying, she says, the devil always shows his cards, right? He, he always, we, we know what he's doing, but if we understood that he's already been defeated, then it has no effect on our lives. So when that storm comes, we can say, you know what? My purpose is greater than my current circumstance, and so I have peace because I know God's going to use this storm. He's going to use this struggle. He's going to use this battle for my good. And it all goes back again to him being a good father. 
you understand? I shared with what you, what I shared with you earlier was because, listen, if you understood how good of a father you had, you would know he's always fighting for you. He's always defending you. He's always there for you. He's always going to be there for you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. It's a promise. Amen. So I don't know what you're going through, but God loves you and he's a good father. So as peacemakers, number one, we have to have peace in ourselves. Because when we have peace, then we show the whole world who God is because they're going to look at you and say, man, I know what you're going through. How do you still have a smile on your face? Anybody ever had a bad boss? I got one right now. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. I got a bad boss. And I'm not talking about Pastor Chris. I got a bad boss at work, and he has done some things to me this year, and I'm just like, mm. But what's interesting is because when I'm around my coworkers, I choose not to negatively speak of him. I choose not to talk down to him. And anytime he has ever asked me to do something, you know what I did? I did it. I did it. I may have turned around after he asked me to do it and made some faces. Yes, sir. My face talks. I'm sorry. Anybody else have that problem? God. But I choose, right? I choose not to speak ill of him. I choose to follow his direction because the man is my boss. Right? And so it's, it's interesting because my coworkers are like, Nate. Come on, we're going to bash the boss. Anybody ever been to a bash the, boss, bash the boss party? You know what I'm saying? In the lunchroom, everybody's talking about how horrible they are. Plotting, right? Like, I ain't coming to work tomorrow. I don't care. I'll show them. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I've lost some employees. I've seen some people have to get let go because of that. Like, I ain't going to work. <laughs> I'll show them. Good luck. But it's so funny because they see and they're like, how do you have peace? How come you're not talking about him? And I have to say, listen, I don't know why he's treating me this way, but it's okay with me. The second point that we have to understand is that peacemakers push for peace. They push for peace. And in our Instagram, Facebook, uh, I'm going to make it, right? I started from the bottom, now I'm here, generation. Come on. In order to get to the top, what have you had to do? You had to tear some folks down, right? You ever had to tear somebody down? You had to break somebody off before? Right? In order to pursue what you were going after, right? I've been there. Hurting some people, talking about some people, doing wrong to some people, because I had somewhere I needed to go. I had a purpose. I had a plan for my life. And so, listen, not only do we have to have peace, but we have to push for peace. What that means is we have to understand that we, as a people, have to treat each other good. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I got to love you. I don't care if you vote for Beto or Cruz. I'm going to love you. I don't care if you are a Trump fan or not. Guess what? 
I am going to love you. Because by doing that, right, I'm showing the whole world what? Who Jesus is. That's the whole reason I'm here. So some of you guys getting on Facebook and Instagram, like, man, is that what Jesus would do? If Jesus was here right now and Jesus had an account, I started watching this show, God Friended Me. Anybody seen that show yet? God has a Facebook, and he friend requested somebody. It's a pretty cool show. But I think about that. If God had a Facebook, would he be posting some of the stuff we post? Would he be bashing folks the way we bash folks, tearing folks down the way we tear folks down? You want to show the world who Jesus is, love them. Even when they hurt you. Even when they do you wrong. When they talk about you. Because that's exactly what Jesus did. The Bible said that as Jesus was going to the cross, he was like a, a, a sheep going to the slaughter. But he was what? Silent. He didn't say one word. He's being beaten, being crucified for something he didn't even do. I think sometimes we feel like we have to justify our actions, right? Like I'm justified by what I said because of what they did to me. I'm justified. My feelings towards them are justified because of what they've done. You ever done that before? Like they hurt me, so I hurt them. They've spoken ill of me, so I'm going to speak ill of them. But the Bible says that while Jesus was going to the cross for something he didn't even do, while he was being mocked, laughed at, beaten, he said, no words. Because he was doing what? He was creating peace. He was loving his enemies. He was loving people that were different than him. He was loving people that were hurting him. He was loving people that were hurting him. Can you imagine if we as a church did that? If we loved people who were lost, who were broken, who were hurting, who had talked about us, who had hurt us. What if we loved them? What if we did what the Bible said and Jesus sums it all up and he says, love God with all your heart and love people as you love me? If we did that. Now I'm telling you right now, it is an everyday struggle. But the Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers because they're children of God. You are a representation of God. Again, your whole purpose is tied to you revealing who he is. So your actions towards others are a reflection of who your father is. And so when people see you as a Christian, as a believer, and they see the way you talk to people, they see the way you act towards people, they see the way that you hurt people, they say, oh, that must be who God is. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are children of God. 
you're a son, you're a daughter of God. We just got to love people. We've got to, one, we have to have peace in our own selves and understanding that the struggle, the pain, the hurt is all trying to distract us from the purpose, which is to show people, to show the world who Jesus is. The enemy can't steal your salvation. He can't steal your righteousness, but he can steal your peace and he can distract you from what you're made to do. Second, we have to push for peace with everybody. That may mean having to do some really, really difficult things. That may mean having to forgive somebody. That's tough. Chris, come up. There's two things that I want to pray for this morning. I want to pray for people who don't have peace. Maybe this morning you came in and your life is a wreck and you need peace. The only answer that I have for you, and it's proven to work 100% of the time in my life, is Jesus. If that's you, I want you to stand up. You just need peace. Now, the reason we do this is because we're outwardly expressing what's happening on the inside of us. We're saying, man, Pastor Nate, I need peace in my life. I need peace in my home. I need peace in my mind. I need peace in my heart. And if you stood up, I want you to come to the front. We're not doing this to embarrass you in any way. We're doing this because we want to show unity. Because, listen, you may, through your problem and your situation, feel like you're the only one. But look how many people are right here. Look how many people are right here at the altar. You're not alone. The enemy wants to come in and steal your peace by making you feel like you're all alone. So I want you to close your eyes and I want you to raise your hands. And the first thing we're going to do is if you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's no other way that I've experienced peace than through him. It's only through Jesus Christ. If you've never asked him as your Lord and Savior, if you've never asked him to come into your life, if you've never allowed him to be your father, if you've never allowed him to lead your life, that's the first thing I want to do this morning. And it's the most important thing for every single one of us is to make a decision to follow Jesus every day. So we're going to pray a prayer. If you need to accept Jesus, I want you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God, that you were sent down here for me to die for my sin, my wrong, my failures, my mistakes. That those things were crucified on the cross with you. That Jesus, you came and paid the penalty of my sin. And that God, when they put you in the grave and in three days you rose, you gave life. And Lord, I want to have life. God, I don't want to be the same person I was. I don't want to be the same person I am. I want life. And that only comes through you. 
So I accept you this morning as my Lord and my Savior. And I commit my life every day to you. And it's going to be every day, God, not just this morning, not just at this altar. It's going to be every day, God, that I confess my need and my dependence on you, for you. Now we're going to pray for peace. Some of you are in some of the worst storms of your life, and you just need peace. You haven't been able to sleep. You haven't had a a day where you've just felt a sense of comfort and peace, knowing that everything is going to be okay, that everything's going to work because you have a Father that promises to work all things for the good. God, I pray right now for peace that surpasses understanding. That peace can only come from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our hearts. We invite you into our minds. We invite you into our lives, Lord God, that you would bring a sense of peace that doesn't make sense. That, God, when the storms come, when the battles rage, God, that when the fight comes, God, we stand in peace because, God, you are defending us, you are fighting for us, and that it's going to be okay. We don't have to worry. We don't have to doubt. We don't have to question. Bring us peace. The next thing that I want to pray for is Some of us in this room need to push for peace. What I mean by that is we need to love people, genuinely love people, treat people right, do right by people. If that's you, I want you to stand up, say, man, Pastor Nate, I've made some really bad, I've said some really bad things to others, about others. I've torn people down. That's okay, just if that's you, and that's me, listen, I've had times where I've struggled with just keeping peace with others. Father, I just pray right now, God, you would give us a heart of compassion. God, I may not agree with their views, I may not agree with their lifestyle, I may not agree with their choices, but God, you've called me to love. You've called me to love them as I love you, God. So God, I'm not gonna point out, I'm not gonna call out. I'm gonna love. I'm not gonna speak badly of, I'm gonna love. And by doing that, I'm gonna show everybody around me who you are. God, I wanna show the world who you are and a way that I can do that is by being a peacemaker. When people hurt me, I'm quick to forgive. When people talk about me, God, I'm quick to forgive. When people do things that are wrong to me, towards me, God, I'm quick to forgive because you've been so quick to forgive me. Jesus, we love you this morning. Father, we love you this morning. Holy Spirit, help us every single day to maintain peace in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives and towards those around us. Father, we love you this morning. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen.